is Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bang! Oh! will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Troy. What's going on guys? Welcome to another edition of our season previews here on Dime Dropper ahead of the 2021-22 season. For this one, we're going to talk contenders and sleepers. Not necessarily sleepers to win it all, but sleepers to do better than you might expect. Joined by host of Locked On Badgers and a recurring guest, Asher Lowe, for the first time joining us in studio. We're here, we're live, we're in studio uh, at the home studio, the beautiful home studio, we got TC with the camera, with the mics. This is very professional, D. I didn't know. I didn't know you had this in the bag. This is Dude, this is it, nice. You've seen the videos, man. You know, you know the real setup. So we're gonna talk about some contenders and some sleepers based on our predictions. And so I'm gonna start off with talking about a team that you were really high on last year, and that's the Charlotte Hornets. They finished in tenth place last season. They lost a playing game in like horrendous fashion, where they didn't even look like they were trying out there to the Pacers. Rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball, another year older. And Miles Bridges, another year older. Got Kelly Oubre in the offseason. I have them finishing as my 11th, just below the Raptors, even though I can see people having them in the plan. Where do you see this team falling, and what are your expectations of them? This is absolutely a play-in team to me, if they can stay healthy. And that's a huge if when Gordon Hayward is a guy you're relying on so much, D, a guy that hasn't been healthy throughout the majority of his career since the Utah days. Post-Utah, he's obviously had, with the Celtics, had numerous injuries last year, was out for a period of time. And then LaMelo Ball also banged up last year, and that really killed all that Charlotte momentum is when LaMelo went out around the middle of the year. He had finally started playing like the best rookie in the class, which I think he is, which I think he will be again this season. But that injury really killed all that Charlotte momentum they built up. And then the one glaring thing when you watch this team last year, and it really hasn't been fixed, they don't have a true big that does the things you need to do as an NBA big that's a great roller for LaMelo in the pick and roll that can really finish those roll passes because LaMelo is one of the better passers you'll see in the NBA, not just for a young player. He is one of the better passers already in the NBA. They don't have that role threat, uh, that imposing defensive big, that guy that's going to clear defensive rebounds for you night in, night out. And I don't think they fixed that with this roster. Last year, it was either Biombo, right, or Zeller. And neither of those two guys really took charge and took that role as the starting big, the guy you go to. And I think it forced James Borrego, Charlotte's head coach, to kind of mix and match them in different games. And they never had a, a big man rotation that was solidified. That's their biggest issue heading into this year besides, of course, staying healthy. What about Mason Plumlee? You think he, I mean, he's been a starting center on playoff teams before, but that was a couple of years ago. Do you think he'll be able to be the answer to that problem? I don't think he's the answer. I do think he's maybe a slight upgrade over what they got from Biombo last year, mm -hmm. who really just struggled offensively all of last season. And you remember, obviously, no Biombo. I watched him games too. Yeah, he had the one year where he had a really good season in the NBA, got rewarded with a contract, and he's just never really lived up to that value. And I don't think Mason Plumlee's the answer. I think he's a much more solid offensive piece. He's not a vertical lob threat, but he's not a bad post-catch, you know, finish with the right-handed hook, whatever it is. Uh, simple offensive move. He's not bad at that. And he has pretty good touch around the rim, actually. It looks awkward sometimes from him, but sometimes he makes those awkward. It's kind of like Robin Lopez a little bit, where he doesn't really get off the ground much, but he kind of line drives those hook shots in sometimes. I don't think he's the answer, but I could see him being a slight offensive upgrade over Biz. 
So where do you see them finishing? You know, Terry Rozier averaged 20 points a game last year. That was their leading scorer. Gordon Hayward, 19.6. And and Gordon honestly surprised some people, but he only played 44 games, which is another thing you hadn't mentioned is that was, you know, a big, big loss for them. Where do you think they finish? I'm thinking 11th, but they could easily, to me, finish within those playing spots if they stay healthy. And guys like a Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, do you see them making any bit of a jump or do you think they're kind of just going to become role players in this league? I think it's unrealistic to think Gordon Hayward will play more than like 60-ish games, to be honest, just given his history. He'll probably be around the 60s if you're lucky, if there's no like serious injury for him. He'll be knocked up here and there, and he's really, really important for them. So important to everything they do. You know, Miles Bridges is weird, man. Like, talk about inconsistent. You watch him some games, and you think future all-star with the pop, with uh, the jumper that's gotten better. And then you watch him some games, and he's barely on the floor. Or at least that's what it feels like as the viewer. P.J. Washington is actually pretty similar to that. Like, he has games where he explodes. I'll tell you who they'll really miss, really miss this year. Malik Monk, who won them, like, three or four games by himself because he had, like, these just 30-point outbursts, which I'm sure he'll unfortunately have in L.A. uh, again. But he won them, like, there was a game against Miami on the road where he literally scored the last, like, 12 points of regulation and they won in overtime, and he brought them back from down 10 with, like, three minutes left, something crazy. So they'll lose a couple games because they don't have him and his scoring off the bench. The young guys are interesting, though. I mean, Kelly Oubre coming over, hopefully he has a better season because obviously the struggles in Golden State well documented in the beginning of that year. But James Booknight is a guy I can't wait to watch who torched at UConn last year, was uh, the best player in the Big East last year, and is a guy that immediately ready to score in the NBA. Uh, Defensively, some questions. LaMelo defensively is a very weird player. I don't know if you watched him much last year. But I think this Hornets team defensively as a whole has some serious flaws, the rim protection being one still. But LaMelo, like, he, he makes, it's either all or nothing, basically. Like, he makes some of the worst defensive plays you'll see on the floor in a team defense role. But as an individual, like, on-ball defender, yeah, half the time he'll maybe get blown by. Half the time he'll, like, somehow come up with a crafty steal. His steal numbers are really high, and they'll continue to be pretty high. But he definitely can have serious lapses defensively. And that's why Borrego didn't play him as much as I think some Hornets fans wanted. But defense, rim protection, big question still. So so you have him outside the plan? I'll have him right in the plan. So we'll 10, say like ninth 10. or 10th, yeah. All right. So let's move on. They're going to be an interesting team, no doubt about it. Let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I have them in this category and not in the bottom of the barrel just because of maybe a little bit of my Minnesota Timberwolves sympathy bias. I have them finishing 10th ahead of the Pels, mainly because I just think that the Pels are a little too dependent on this Zion Ingram thing. They miss one of them. They'll be in the mud. Zion already is rumored to not be ready for the season. Actually, no, not rumored. He won't be ready for the season. The Minnesota Timberwolves on the other hand, have a lot of optimism going into this. Carl Anthony Towns had a terrible year with COVID. Now he's back. D'Angelo Russell, he's had ever since that 2019 season with Brooklyn, two seasons, a bunch of injuries. He's been forgotten about in this better young players in the league kind of deal. And they have another guy, the number one pick in last year's draft, Anthony Edwards, with, who's got a lot of confidence, and they may, may be trying to build around him. And then you bring in a guy who wins wherever he goes, really, Patrick Beverly, a guy that we're very familiar with. I have them finishing 10th in that playing spot, but I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of bias in that pick. I still see a team like the Spurs, just because they're the Spurs, finishing higher than them. And I could even see a team like the Kings finishing higher than them. But as of now, I'm going to go with the Wolves. Tell me some thoughts on this team. So I actually agree with you. I'm pretty high on the Wolves. And I don't really think I have bias towards this team. I haven't really rooted for them in any capacity. I haven't like pulled for these guys individually. I don't really have ties to any of them. 
I just think they're going to be uh, and ha- finally have that year I think we've thought they could have for like three or four years mm-hmm. where they do get over the hump. And there are a couple reasons why. I think Anthony Edwards is going to take another step. And it, his confidence, like you said, off the charts. And one of the hardest things to do with some rookies, and Anthony Edwards is not this guy, but it's one of the hardest things to do sometimes with rookies that are pretty good shooters, and he's not a shooter necessarily, but he's a good shooter, mm-hmm. uh, is get them to take shots. With Anthony Edwards, you actually might have to do the opposite. Yeah, get you might have to just down. just scale it down a little bit, and that's a slippery slope. You don't want to tell him uh, to not take some of those shots he was taking in the second half of the year last year. But his efficiency, I think, will go up with a healthy team around him. Some of those games where he was just chucking, he didn't really have the healthy team around him. He was like the guy, and they were saying, "We don't care about this win or loss, so we're going to let our rookie, our number one pick, go to work and just get some reps." Right? And I think those reps this year will probably help him. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be awesome. This year, Carl Anthony Towns averaged 25 and 10 last year. He missed 22 games. D'Lo missed 30. So it's really all about the health of those two guys. If they can stay healthy, I think they have a chance of beating anyone on a given night. They're an amazing pick and roll, pick and pop threat. My thing with Cat is the same thing. He needs to be able to balance the jump shooting and posting up. Because, again, at Kentucky, the reason why I liked him so much was because he had skill in the post. He cannot go away from that against these smaller guys. I think that he needs to just dominate on a lot of D'Lo and Cat high pick and pop, high pick and roll. It's so hard to guard in today's NBA, especially when D'Lo's hitting. You also got Malik Beasley who can shoot the ball. They got rid of Jarrett Culver who didn't really work out for them. Pat Bev is going to help space the floor. And the one thing I love about Bev is one thing that these guys don't have. Cat and D'Lo, a lot of times they just kind of go through the motions. Pat Bev's the type of guy that every single game he plays is a serious game. And that's why I think that this team could be a little exciting. But Pat Bev also can't stay on the court. He doesn't help their problem with that either. So that's why it's such a risky pick. But I'm going to go with them with 10th. Any last words before we move on to another team? I think Bev, first of all, actually, one guy you didn't mention, Nas Reed, who I was a huge fan of coming out of LSU, I think is going to be an NBA player for the next decade. And I think it would be a good one at that. Uh, Him backing up Carl Anthony Towns, you get a lot of the same things. A lot of the same action but that not you can the run. Skill that, that well, oh, I think it's. I think it could be there. Not obviously, not Cat's level, but I think it could be there in terms of the pick and pop threat. Okay. I think he'll become a better and better pick and pop threat. He was hitting threes at LSU, and he's a guy that you're not afraid taking uh, open threes, and a guy that the defenses probably won't respect off off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. With all the guys around him, but a guy that can hit threes occasionally. And then Patrick Beverly, he's not your typical floor raiser. That's a word that's thrown around a lot on NBA Twitter and circles, whatever. He's not the guy that like has the skill set of a floor raiser, but I think he's just a culture raiser. Yeah. And so that then raises everybody's floor on that team. And they need some of that. They need some of that uh, grit, some of that regular season playoff mentality, exactly. which he brings every single night. We see it. We saw it, I should say, Speak- with the Clippers. Speaking of grit, we're going to go over to the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think are, are actually going to be one of the very solid teams in the league this year. They have a very young team. Uh, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, they got their first taste of playoff basketball last year, surprising a lot of people, including myself, making the playoffs, beating the Warriors in the play-in. John Morant, my favorite player from that class, going into his third season. Jaron Jackson Jr., another year of experience. They did, in my opinion, downgrade with JV getting traded for Steven Adams. Um, And then, of course, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, good young players. I see this team. It says right now Dylan Brooks is out. I don't know how long he's out for. I don't know if you know anything about that. But I got this Grizzlies team finishing ninth this season. But I honestly think they could be eighth again too. The timetable for Dylan Brooks, I have it in front of me. He's uh, expected to be out until October 27th. So that's not At least, really. at least. So probably only the first couple of weeks of the season. Nothing that's going to end their season or create huge problems. So two guys I want to talk about with Memphis before we talk about the obvious guys. The Jaws and the Dylan Brookses of the world. Desmond Bain okay. and 
DeAnthony Melton. Okay. So Desmond Bain, Memphis used Summer League as a Desmond Bain pick and roll ball handler experience. That was all they cared about. It was pretty obvious watching them. I, I was at, I think, most of their Summer League games, like okay. three or four of them. All they wanted to do was let Desmond Bain take the ball up and let him make a decision at NBA speed, right? And it was impressive. Like, he is going to be really, really good. And the, the reason they did that is obviously this team, this roster with John Morant, with Dylan Brooks, he's not going to have those types of reps all year. He'll have some of them probably, maybe with the second unit, if he's playing a little bit with the second unit as a primary ball handler. I don't know if they're going to go that level yet with him, but they clearly want him to make more decisions because the physical frame with him, like he has the biggest shoulders you've ever freaking seen. He's huge. He's absolutely jacked. He looks like an NFL linebacker. Uh, he's a ridiculous shooter. He's not a good shooter. He is a ridiculous shooter. He's like top 5% in the league shooter, and you don't even wow. think of him as a shooter probably, right? But like he's always been that way, and he's a guy that I think because of what he looks like, because he looks as jacked as he is, I don't think people look at him and say like shooter. They, they say more of like a bruiser slash or whatever. No, he is a shooter shooter. Like pull up from anywhere, and he was talking trash to benches in summer league, dropping 30. He was awesome to watch. Um, and I think he definitely has a ways to go as a passer in those situations, as an on-ball passer. But, man, he's a shooter. And then De'Anthony Melton, I think, is a future star. Like, I really? think you've seen it. De'Anthony Melton from USC. I, I really do. You, you've seen it in the playoffs a little bit last year. You saw it last regular season at, at times. But I think he's a guy that maybe not with this team. It might be with a different team. It might be, like, the kind of guy that goes to a team that's going to lose more games than Memphis in a year or two. Uh, and then he finally has those reps to become that star, but I think he he has like really good to to great potential in this league, and and we'll see. But well, I think this is a year to watch him as well. Desmond Bain, keep an eye on him, ladies and gentlemen. John Morant, nineteen points a game last year, led this team in scoring. Could this be the year that he averages twenty plus, gets to the All Star game for the first time? I think it could be. The West is tough. It's just tough to, yeah. to guess. I think the record will obviously mean a ton, as it always does for All Star nods, but. It's pretty obvious with Ja, right? Like, yeah. people aren't fully respecting the jumper yet, but I think they're giving it a little more respect for sure than when he came into the league, and I think it's improved since he's come into the league. He doesn't always look like he wants to shoot it, but I think that it's overall gotten better from year one to year two, and I think that's a positive sign right there that we've seen some improvement with it since coming in, and it wasn't his go-to at Murray State either, right? Like, And he doesn't need it to be his go-to ever yeah, because he's, exactly. he's the so most athletic. explosive player at that position, maybe in the league right now. Yeah. Like, he's like this this edition of Westbrook, right? Like, he's like the new edition yeah, of Westbrook exactly. in terms of the guy that nobody can stay in front of on ball. But smarter on-ball decision maker. Right. Not not in that specific way he's like yeah. Westbrook. Not yeah, overall exactly. like Westbrook. No, but, uh, but I think that, yeah, this could be the year he gets to the All-Star game. We'll see. But I think the, the shooting improvements from year one to year two bode well for the future of his career in terms of his shot because that's, that's the key that unlocks everything. So where do you think they're going to finish? I got them finishing ninth. I think they are definitely a playing team yeah. and not much more than that. Mm. Probably around 8th or ninth. I agree. So let's go on to the next team, a team that I really don't have too much to say about. They are very controversial in the sense that we hear all about them all the time in terms of is Damian Lillard going to stay? The Portland Trailblazers, they hired one of my favorite players to look up to when I was a kid, Chauncey Billups. Uh, Terry Stotts is now out the door, but they didn't really make many big roster moves. First full season for Norman Powell after being traded for Gary Trent Jr., Yusuf Nurkic is still there. Carmelo's gone, and his cancer's gone. They still kind of it's the Damon CJ show again. I don't, I just don't think as as much as I love Chauncey Billups, and I think he can change some things, make it more defensive minded, bring a more defensive, more old school kind of approach, less threes, all that. 
I just don't think that the personnel has gotten significantly better for them to really do anything serious. I got them finishing eighth, just like they did in 2020, and not much else. I mean, I think they should have traded CJ McCollum, just not because he's a bad player, not because he's holding them back, really. But I just think that your two best players not being able to guard, really, is never going to be a championship contender. And that's where Dame wants to go. He's been, a, been to the conference yeah. finals, but he's never gone to a real championship contender. What do you see about... Uh, the Portland Trailblazers. I think this might be the worst constructed roster we're going to talk about today. I really do. Really? Not not to say that they won't make the playoffs, because I think they probably will, but in terms of what they're doing in their direction of the roster, yeah. what are they trying to be? So exactly. like you have the, the two guards that can't defend in the playoffs, right? That, that could absolutely be winning basketball players and be on a championship team if you paired them with... A, a really great wing or a really great big in the league. They could definitely be that level. But Portland's not been a free agent destination, obviously. Uh, they haven't really struck gold in the draft in a while. Uh, Damon McCollum both striking gold, but yeah. it's been a while since they've done it. They can't keep Yusuf Nurkic healthy, which has been a huge problem for them for multiple years now. Now they have Cody Zeller, Larry Nance Jr., Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, Anthony Simons as their bench pieces. And of all those names you just mentioned... There's not one, like, maybe Anthony Simons fits into this category, but there's not, like, one young player that I'm super excited about yeah. with the names you just mentioned. And Nance that's where a good role that's where I think the miss is for this roster. Why are you not going younger? Like, why not try to... It's clear that this core is not winning you a championship. It's also pretty much clear you're not getting that third piece to win you a championship. So what are you doing? I think you have to pretty much get out of the middle right now. And would it make Dame want to leave even more? Probably. But it also could actually bring them about the same result if they if they added a bunch of young guys instead of these older pieces uh, off the bench like like Ben McLemore for example we know what he is he's an NBA player he's a shooter he's an NBA rotation player but is he is he gonna tap into this ceiling that's gonna help the Blazers no. take the next step no I think these ro roster spots are largely wasted on some guys that they don't need because they're not a contender and that they don't have these like young pieces that I feel like could actually grow and this is a year to do it with Damon CJ there. It could mentor some younger guards, whatever it is. But they they don't have the pieces, the young pieces, to be interesting to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, so I got them finishing eighth. You got anything really different? Uh, Damon, another all-star season, I'm guessing? Yeah, they're a playing team unless, I think, Nurk goes down or unless, obviously, one of the two guards goes down. They're a play-in a play team. It'll be interesting to see what Chauncey has, though, for sure. But let's move on to the... I'm going to... Let's go with... The Dallas Mavericks. So they're bringing in Jason Kidd, another point guard from our childhood. Um, we obviously have seen the Mavericks very close to these last two years, played the Clippers in the playoffs both years. We've eliminated them both times. Luka's going into his fourth season. You know, he's one of the best players in the NBA. For me, after Steph Curry, probably the best point guard. You can still debate with him and Harden, whatever. Uh, I'd, I'd actually have Luka over Dame just because of his size and uh, his passing ability. But... They didn't really, again, another team that didn't really make any real moves besides a head coaching change. Will he run, will he, the, to me it's really about Porzingis. Can he really be that second guy? He had no lower body strength, no ability to post up. It was just, it's too easy. It's one of those big guys we talk about in today's NBA. All he does is shoot. He doesn't actually take advantage of his size. So, and then it just becomes Luka handling the ball and no one else doing it. Do you think we'll see a change with Jason Kidd? And how much better do you think they can get if they change? Well, I mean, if you, I don't know how much you take preseason into account. I know, actually, I know I that don't. answer for you. I know that answer for you. But 
for the viewer out though, I don't know how much you want to take preseason into account. I personally think it's really valuable for general stats about a team, like if they're taking a bunch of threes okay. or if they're running Play this style. type of yeah, they're yeah. running this type of offense. And summer league same way. Like that stuff does carry over, especially with new coaches. Mm-hmm. You should watch that with new coaches for sure. But individual performance, that's where you can kind of lose it. And KP's had a great preseason. So like, do we do we take that into account at all? We've we've seen the yeah, best four KP. Four no in preseason, the Mavericks. We've seen the best KP in this preseason that we've seen for a couple years. Maybe that we've seen in Dallas, but it's the preseason. So does it even count in that conversation at all? Like, does that count as the best KP? It's preseason. So he has to bring whatever he's found these four games into the regular season somehow. They retain a lot of what they had, right? Tim Hardaway Jr., who was awesome uh, in the Same playoffs last five, year. Really. They Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is going to be a starting point guard in the NBA, I think, at Eventually. some point in his career. And he's a guy that's gotten better and better. You have Reggie Bullock off the bench, who played a pretty solid role on both York. ends for New York. Really good team defender. A guy that you can put on a bunch of different types of players on the ball as well on defense. And a guy that hit enough threes to be respected at that end in New York. And so, yeah, I don't think that there's a ton of change here, a ton to talk about. They did decide to keep Frank Nelkeen on the roster, which... I, I'm always rooting for Frank. I think that I'm a guy that's always been high on him, but I think he's he's got untapped potential there. Like you watch him in FIBA, whatever. Like the, there's there's something there, and I know Lucas will agree with me yeah. when he comes on later. But Frank, they decided to keep him over Tyrell Terry, so I'm excited to watch Frank in a new environment because I think he definitely needed a culture change. Mm. Oh boy, talk about a guy that needed a, a new change of scenery. But it's the Lucas show, right? Yeah, it's the Lucas show, and I don't think the Lucas show with these pieces around you can take you past second round max, but even that's pushing it. Yeah, so I think it's going to be just interesting to see how they play with Jason Kidd. Is it going to be all Luka high pick and roll? Are they going to try to get Porzingis involved in the post? I got them finish, or in the post more, I should say. I got the Mavs finishing in the exact same spot they finished this year, five. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with six with the Mavs. I'm going to go around six. So let's move on to the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't really want to talk about them too much because it's such a question mark right now. We don't know if Ben Simmons is going to play. I just don't even know where to put this team right now. I think they're definitely going to get worse this season. That's just my prediction. I think they're going to get worse. Uh, I think Embiid hopefully could have another great year. But I just don't think that the Glen Rivers experience gets better over time. And I, have, I, I wonder why. Why do you think that? Well, I got them. And I love Tobias Harris. And I know Tyrese Maxey is going to get better. Matisse Tybal is going to get better. But I just... Without Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons was great last year on defense. You know, he wasn't also for a reason. But I got them finishing. I just put them seventh because I didn't know where to put them. So I just think that the Sixers are going to get worse this year, and I just don't think they're going to get to the conference finals again. I mean, they didn't even get it this year. Yeah. Well, no, never mind. Glenn Rivers will not make it back to the conference finals as he didn't last year. So take your uh, two cents on them. Well, obviously, I don't think I want to talk about the Ben Simmons thing. Yeah. If if you haven't been living under a rock, you've heard the name Ben Simmons this offseason. I'm not going to bring more value to that conversation than other people that cover the team and that have been around that the yeah. whole time will. Uh, so let's just say he's playing because he's on the roster right now. He showed up to the facility a couple of days ago with a text message. That was fun. Uh, but let's just, let's just pretend he's playing for right now. Besides Simmons, besides Embiid, there are some fun pieces here. This team has drafted remarkably well over the last couple of years. I think the best in the NBA in terms of the last like two or three drafts. They have been killing in these drafts. And Tyrese Maxey, talk about a summer league star. Talk about a future NBA all-star. Really? Dude. Wow. You've been... A future NBA all-star. Hopefully that comes true. But I think it will. And there's a couple reasons why. He is an in-the-gym range shooter. He is completely fearless. 
with the basketball in his hands. He's a really good downhill driver with both hands, can finish, has a beautiful layup package that he put on display at Summer League, and he's an improving passer for NBA reads. He's an improving ball handler at the NBA level, and it's another one of those situations where he played with such good players in college, right? He played in a system that doesn't make you look good as an offensive player with Coach Cal at Kentucky. Never makes really talented on-ball guards look great, in my opinion at least. It never has, and for him... Uh, getting out of that system, but having all that experience of playing with those guys every day, being at UK, I think it helped him a lot coming into the league. And you can think whatever you want about Coach Cal, but his track record does kind of speak for itself when it comes to NBA players and transitioning. This year in the draft, another home run, in my opinion, in Jaden Springer, a guy that I think is going to be a rotation piece for them, who is, he moves almost like he's elastic. Do you like it? The way his body moves is wild to watch. Uh, he, he's super athletic, stringy, kind of almost like bionic in a way, mm-hmm. but like can also just shift his body to, to make these kinds of cuts on both ends of the floor, by the way. It, it translates to both ends uh, to make these kind of cuts and these quick stops and these quick changes of direction that a lot of guys can't really make. Uh, his shot is a question coming out of Tennessee, but his defense is not. Uh, his on-ball defense is going to be really good in this league. His uh Team defense is already at a high level, and he played with really good players in college as well. Another guy that came from a good program and a guy that played with Keon Johnson, a Clippers draft pick, a guy that played on a very talented team last year. And then Matisse Thibel, right, taking the next step, like you said. And the starting lineup of Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. We, we kind of know what we're getting there. It's about Ben. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about Ben because, yeah. like I said, I don't think I can add the value that other people are adding to Ben. And he's the talk of the town in the NBA right now. But it really is about Ben. They would be in the NBA Finals last year, uh, maybe, if Ben was a different type of Ben. So I honestly just don't really feel the need to say anything more about them. So let's go to a team that, I again, another one of these teams. I don't remember an offseason where it was just such little big moves around the league. As far There's two teams that really stick out. We're not going to be talking about the Lakers in this one. I'm going to have a different video for you all for that because I know all you guys are you know want to see that. But... We'll talk about the other team that I think was a big splash. I think you guys know what I'm referring to later, but let's talk about a team, a team that I so happily, actually both of us so happily saw them go bye-bye in front of our eyes, the Utah Jazz. They come off a season number one in the league record-wise. They have the same starting five. They brought in Rudy Gay and Hassan Whitehead and Eric Paschal. Paschal and Rudy Gay are definitely straight bucket getters off the bench. Now they have three guys that are just going to come in and try to score. Paschal, Jordan Clarkson, and Rudy Gay. To me, though, this team hasn't really made any moves. I just do not see them having the same season, even though Donovan's getting better. I think Rudy's going to be Rudy, and I think Bogdanovich going to be Bogdanovich. I think they're going to be, and Conley, I don't think he's getting any better at, at this point. I got them finishing as my three seed. Um, I think they'll be a top four seed no matter what, but I just don't see them having a number one season again, number one record. They, and Jazz fans know this, I'm sure, better than anybody. They blew a golden golden chance golden opportunity last year and that was the only golden opportunity this core will ever get in utah and i'm pretty confident about that and here's that I was said, silver yeah. platter stuff like that was yeah. trying to hand them a chance at the nba championship and not only because of other teams they were the best version of themselves last year that this core has ever been in utah no question mike conley was a completely different player year one to year two in utah right uh, and donovan was going off at certain points last year whatever joe ingles had the best year of his career jordan clarkson came off the bench and just had these 25 after 25 or 25 point games including the first half against the clippers in that game six just going crazy and yet they lost the clips yeah i think the two things that i want to 
that I that could make this team better just with from within. Donovan Mitchell needs to not fall so in love with threes because he actually is very very solid in between and deep ones. He takes like really deep very ones, deep ones. I, which I don't really understand. Ill advised, and I think the other one is it's not going to happen. But this is just what's preventing the Jazz from doing anything. If you want to combat small ball lineups, Rudy Gobert needs to be able to score on little guys. He can't. He doesn't have the skill. So <laughs> until then, I don't see this team doing. I said it myself before the. After the glorified summer league, I said, as Rudy's the second best player on this team, I don't see them getting past second round. And I thought I was going to be wrong last year. I ended up being right. You know, I will say this. Go watch Rudy in the Olympics. He was better in that in that area because all, all Team USA tried to do, especially in that first game when France beat him, all they tried to do, France that is, against Team USA's defense, was throw the ball down to a mismatch. Mm. It was either Mustafa Fall, didn't think I'd be mentioning that name on today's episode, or Rudy Gobert. In, inside and, and he was better at taking advantage of those mismatches a little bit better than he was against the Clips will that translate at all I mean that was Team USA so I, it, it matters and that was a small ball type of lineup like the ones you'll see in the NBA so you're right they have to see that difference from him because that killed him in game 6 the whole series really because we were able to go to that small ball lineup it's Marcus Morris Sr. and Nicholas Batum dude like, yeah. come on anyway Let's. Well, we had Batum on his team. That's why he couldn't, you know, he couldn't, couldn't get stopped by him. Yeah, I mean, Nick's just an intelligent defender. But uh, let's go to the Denver Nuggets, another team that didn't really move much. But we've been talking about them for a couple years as they're gonna. We said it ourselves. The Nuggets are going to the 2022 championship. But now with Jamal Murray out, and we don't know how long he's gonna be out. What do you think of this team? Obviously, Jokic is coming off MVP. I don't see them doing much differently. I got them finishing same exact that they finished last year, actually fourth. And I think Yogi's going to be right in the MVP conversation again. But it's just it's just a young team, but just not too much change. I don't think their regular season record will jump off the page. And I think that's obvious, right? Jamal Murray, ACL injury in April. And so he's still, it's not clear when he's going to come back. It'll be the second half of the year, like almost positively. Not exactly sure when in that second half of the year, but he will be back this year at some point. And it'll almost sh- assuredly come before the playoffs begin. The question is obviously when. This team's definitely good enough to be in the playoffs. No problem. No plan without him in the regular season. They're yeah. absolutely good enough. They have the MVP in the Joker. Monty Morris. 11-8 last season for the Joker, by the way. which is just And played every single game, which is why he won MVP. He played every single game. He might play every single game again. Because he plays... Uh, the thing about him and the way he plays is that he doesn't play a style of basketball and knock on wood like anything's possible. But he doesn't play a style of basketball that's going to get you injured mm-hmm. a ton because he doesn't put himself in, I don't think, dangerous situations in terms of an aerial style of basketball or obviously like like crazy defensive attempts uh, to block a shot or uh, going full speed in transition when a lot of these weird injuries happen or landing on someone's foot. Like, like he's usually kind of fading away from the rim or uh, around the rim without getting much off the ground. And so yeah. I think that his style, and, and he's gotten in way better shape. Way better shape the last couple of years. Every single year, I think we see him in better shape. There's all the slim Jokic jokes, but like that stuff obviously matters towards staying healthy and staying on the floor all the time. Is being in really good shape, and he was in amazing shape last year, uh, and that's why he could play every game, like you said, which is a rarity in today's NBA. Monty Morris, very serviceable backup, not to win a championship, but to definitely get you into the playoffs easily. I don't think he's. I think that if they have a team like everyone around him that's championship potential, he could be a backup player on a championship team. I wouldn't put it past him. A backup, yes. I'm talking about as as a serviceable backup. Now he's stepping oh, into the, right. the starting, starting role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. No, I think he's definitely a championship backup level point yeah. guard. Uh, Will Barton, Will the Thrill coming back. He's just streaky as hell, though, that He's guy. very he, streaky. He misses a lot of games. He's very, very streaky. Definitely has missed a lot of games. MPJ obviously has to stay on the floor because, I mean, 
what is there to say about that guy? I, I love watching MPJ. Mr. Green Light and no defense? The, the, green, the green light is there because there is nothing that stops him defensively. You can't do anything. That's true. Oh, there's almost no defender in the NBA that can actually affect his shots. I know. He, he has a very high release point, and he, he has good elevation on it, but he's just taking oh, that Clippers, shots. Oh, that Clippers doctor, if you're out there. Man. I'm honestly not even salty about MPJ anymore. I've oh, seen, I am. I saw the I'm negatives. so salty about it. I saw the negatives last year in the playoffs, man. This guy. Oh, come on. He's no, oh, give me a break. No commitment to defense at all. Oh, my goodness. Serious. You're not and salty about it. bad shots. Oh, my. All right. Dude, I'm going to move George. on. It, it's MPJ. You can't. I just said. Listen to what I just said. You can't contest a shot he takes. Hey, man. I think that. I don't know. I just. And he's only gotten a little better defensively. He hasn't gotten like worse and worse and worse. Like, he's gotten a little better, I think. I, I saw him in the playoffs. It's the lapses for me defensively yeah. with him. It's the off ball, the team defense lapses. Like I he has his some IQ really is kind of in the toilet, man. Well, well, I think that no, I think his IQ can look worse than it actually is because of the shots he takes. Fair enough. Because if you're watching him play and other people take those shots, you're like, what are you doing? But it's also about the timing of the shots that he takes, like when in the game. He's I would it. never. There's never been an MPJ shot. I would say don't take it. Never one I've ever seen. And that, that's how I would coach him personally. If I was his coach, I would do the same thing the Nuggets do. I would say, there's not a single shot you can take that I'm going to tell you not to take. Well, I, That's basically how he's been coached. So, I mean, that's sort of what it already is with him. But Aaron Gordon is an interesting piece. A guy that obviously, I think a lot of people, the first couple years in Orlando, they were like, he's going to take that next step, right? It's, it's going to happen. And it's never and happened. And it never really happened. And I think that his on-ball confidence has never been there. And that, that's why it he never happened. moments where he makes moves and you're like, okay, this guy can be a star. And then you're like, okay, he's weak. Right, but you can't have him as a ball handler in the pick and roll. No, yeah. You can't have that. him. And, and he's the size and has the mobility to where if he had those skills, you probably could put him in that role. He's not a good passer by any means. Uh, he's obviously a high flyer. He's a guy that I think complements Jokic pretty well, especially when they play together more and more and more. Uh, a guy that, like a weak side cutter for Jokic yeah, exactly. to find a pass for. Yeah. And, and a great finisher at the rim, obviously. And an inconsistent but but improving throughout his time in the NBA three-point shooter. So, if Jamal Murray comes back and is Jamal Murray, I think this team is championship-level good. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I agree. It'll be a more interesting for the playoff preview. We'll see where they're at. Let's move on to the Miami Heat, one of the more interesting teams in, the, in this offseason. They actually were one of the teams that made a real move that actually changed things. And that was bringing in Kyle Lowry. He's old now. He's got a huge contract. But he should surely help this team. Uh, I think the Heat are going to be really good, but I just I still don't think they're a championship team. Just because I was a huge and you guys know this from listening to my glorified summer league episodes. Huge Jimmy Butler guy, but last year it just seemed that he wanted he became more of a playmaker for everybody because Goran Tyler Hero were just not the same as we saw in the bubble, and I think that he took away from his scoring aggressiveness, and as a result, because he doesn't really have a big scoring bag, he needs to be all in rhythm kind of thing, or or just. I don't know. His men, it just it was pretty embarrassing what happened in the playoffs to Jimmy Butler, real, realistically. And I just think that as great as he is, I, I have to go back to my original opinion when he first signed with Miami that he's not the best player in a championship team. So I, I can see this team going to the conference finals. Um, I do not see them beating the Bucks or the Nets, though. I got them finishing third, which even that could be a little high. Your thoughts? I'm very high on this team. And I think I'd go as far to say, and this is probably the hottest take I'll give on the pod, and we're not going to get into the playoff stuff, whatever, predictions about the championship on today's episode. But I think it's if it's not Brooklyn, I'll phrase it this way: if it's not Brooklyn, for me, it's Miami. Wow, not Milwaukee. I think I think I'd put them right in that second spot. And obviously, if Brooklyn's healthy, Brooklyn's going to win the championship. I don't think many people disagree with that. Are they going to be healthy? Is Kyrie going to be vaccinated? Right, there are a million questions. So if it's not Brooklyn, to me, it's Miami. 
in, in that second spot. And the reason is Kyle Lowry, first of all, number one. Like, a guy that has been there in the biggest moments, has gotten so much better offensively throughout his career. And as a guy, like, he was taking over games in the bubble offensively. I think people forget Will he be the some of those same games. Kyle Lowry from the bubble, from the 2020 I, season. I think he can be a very similar Kyle Lowry to that season. Okay. Last year, very obviously, a lot of factors went into last year of why he struggled. I think he can be very similar to the player we saw in 2020. And one of the reasons is he's not a guy that I think will lose a ton with age. He's yeah. not a guy that relies on a burst or high-flying ability. Uh, he's a guy that relies on his, his mental side of the game, which is top-notch. He's a fantastic shooter anywhere behind the three-point line, four or five feet yeah. beyond it. He can hit. Uh, he's a clutch shooter, Swan as we've defender, seen. Great charge taker. Great charge taker. Uh, really good positioning uh, on defense as a team defender. And a guy that... I think just perfect for the Miami culture. Like, perfect, yeah. selfless, never a guy that's going about himself in any way on that team. And that's what they're full of. And that's why they made that run they did in the bubble because I think the bubble setting showed us culture more yeah. than anything. And it showed us the heat culture was, as we've heard many times, the heat culture. It's a, a classic buzzword you hear about Miami. You hear about their, their the drills they run in preseason where they have to run till they puke. And you hear about heat culture. And the way that the godfather... And Eric Spolster now carrying the torch uh, the way they carry it on. So I think that Jimmy, obviously, can't be the offensive liability he was in that series against uh, against Giannis and the Bucks. Bam Adebayo, his lack of a mid-range has really hurt that next step of him being like, he's a star big man, but to be like a real, real star big man. that You know what I mean? Year in, year out, all-star. Because... I don't think he was. Was he? Not, I don't think he was an All Star last year, was he? I don't. I think he was once. I don't know if it was no, last he year. Maybe it was two years ago. I don't ago. think he was last year. Yeah, I, think it was just, I don't think he was either. Yeah, so I think it, they were giving him that mid range. That really hurt. I think PJ Tucker will be an amazing addition because he just helps wherever he goes. I think this Victor Oladipo is a big question mark. When's he coming back? Is he going to play? That's a whole different dynamic. I don't even know if I want to get into that conversation. That's a, yeah, think, that's a that's a long combo. I think the only other name I want to mention though before Tyler we finish Hero. is Tyler. Yeah, yep. he's the biggest key to this team. If he can go back to that, he's been talking a lot too. I think I'm in the category with these other great young players, John Morant. Well, last season, it was what's soft. he supposed to say? That that's the kind of quote I hate because like you want him to be like, no, I'm way worse than them. No, I think that's he should what, say that's, that. That's I need to have a bounce back here. He had a sophomore slump and a half. He was putting up rookie. He wasn't getting into graphics with Magic that rookie season. But the but if the question is this is the issue with those I don't know, I don't know what the question was. Right, if they're phrased in the way of like. Are you like one of the top young players in the league? You wanted to be like, no. no. Like, I don't like. He is one of the top young players in the league. And he's always been a confident guy. Yeah. So, what he do you think? He should have gone to Wisconsin, but that's a different story. <laughs> Any last thoughts on him? Uh, on Tyler? Yeah. Yeah, I think that he's going to have a much better year than he did last year. Will we ever see like the game six hero ever again? Like, maybe not. I mean, that was pretty one, one off type of situation in the bubble, and a lot of factors went into that, whatever. But. I think that he'll have a much better year. I think he'll be a guy that's like leading the second unit. I think he'll yeah. be a guy that scores a lot against defensive bench rotations in the NBA. I think he'll be a guy that has nights where he carries Miami offensively. I think he'll have like a few of those nights in there where comes in off the bench, Miami's struggling a little bit offensively, and he carries the torch with a 20-point performance that he'll have like say 15 of throughout this year, and that'll help them a ton. And obviously the playoffs will be where we really see is he going to take that next step as a young player. All right, so... I got the Heat finishing third. What about you? Uh, I like them to finish second in the East. Wow. I do. Okay, so speaking of a team that I think we just need to talk about now, it's the Nets. Uh, championship favorite. Obviously, a lot of controversy going on. I don't even want to talk about Kyrie at all. Uh, I think that if he plays, he plays. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I think even if he doesn't, this team is as dangerous as anybody. Having two 
you know, KD's right to me the best player in the NBA. I know you agree with that. Um, I think LeBron will have a chance to rebuttal after last season. And Steph, I think Steph Curry also is right in that conversation. I know some people like to say Jokic, but I still believe that Kevin Durant's a level above. Uh, James Harden being healthy, quote from James Harden, healthy James Harden, scary hours. So, you know, Aldridge is back. Millsap is there. Patty Mills is there. Ooh. Blake Griffin. I mean, these Ooh. guys, have, if this was 2014, man, they would be up there with the Showtime Lakers with this roster. But uh, it's just going to be a circus over there. What do you expect from the Nets? Are they your favorite to win the chip? I have them finishing second in the East just because of all the stuff going around. Thoughts? I actually think they're going to finish third in the regular season. Not that yeah. that matters at all. Yeah. I just don't think Kyrie's going to play much. In the beginning of the year, if he plays at all, we'll see. And I could see him not playing this year. We'll see. Uh, but he's definitely not going to play at the very beginning of the year. And I think that they won't take it seriously. Like, if they have a hardened, lingering injury that he could play through, if it was Game 7 of the NBA Finals or even Game 1 of the playoffs, they don't want to risk that, and they don't care about risking it because I don't think they're worried about home court advantage. I really don't. I think they're worried about being healthy way more than they're worried about playing at the Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. Because if they're healthy, they're going to win the NBA championship. And I think most people agree with that. No chance don't like your fans. Else, Lakers, Bucks. If they're healthy, of course there's a chance. But if they're healthy, healthy, I think they're absolutely going to win the NBA championship. Now, are they going to be healthy? Huge question mark. What even is healthy? Is like Kyrie being out even about health? Well, I guess it is, but a different type of health. They also do, you know, I have to, okay, I'm wearing a little thing right here. We got a Pepperdine Waves quarter zip on right now. Because the Brooklyn Nets have a Pepperdine Wave on their team this year. He might play a lot on Long Island. We'll see. We'll see where he plays. But Kessler Edwards is wow, on, he's on the, the Nets? Brooklyn Nets. And that is why I will not be mad if they win the NBA championship this year. Because Kessler Edwards is a wave. I only, I honestly won't be that mad if they win the championship, even though I don't really like them. Just because Blake. I mean, obviously, my, my, he's still one of my favorite players of all time. But I'm looking at their games last season, right? Kevin Durant, he missed 37 games last season. That just can't happen this year if Kyrie's out for so long. He might he might still miss like thirty in the, but I think that can happen. I just kind of disagree. I think that could happen. I think they'll be fine. If that happens. I, I feel to be what honest. you're saying because in terms of seeding and all that, but I personally just don't think that the the formula last season of just you know we're just going to be held in the playoffs. We don't care about reps. They need some reps this time because last year they only played like seven games going into. Obviously, they're going to have a whole season now. Harden's going to have a whole season. Harden only played thirty five games for them. Kyrie Irving missed eighteen games. So I think it's all going to be about seeing them play together, but I think that James Harden in that point guard role with without even having to worry about another guy to feed the ball to with Kyrie, honestly going to help him have a great season. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see the depth pieces. Joe Harris is going to be Joe Harris, um, but it's never really not much to say. This team's, all the questions are going to be answered in the playoffs. There's not much to say about them. Let's see if they can stay healthy. Let's move on then to the defending champs. Obviously, you're, you know, you're locked on Badgers host and Wisconsin sports are your thing, alumni, whatever. The Bucks, defending champs, not getting the respect of normal defending champions. But I think they're going to be right there up for the title again. I think Giannis is going to be right in that MVP conversation again. And from the highlights I've been seeing, potential pull-up mid-range could completely unlock see the mechanics his now? game. And he, Ooh. I mean, a lot of people are saying that he's the best player in the league. I apologize to any of you Giannis fans and Bucks fans for not mentioning him with Steph, LeBron, and, and KD just a second ago. A lot of people want to say Giannis. For me, I just think Kevin Rant's better. I think you saw that in the series. I think Giannis said it himself. But I get it because you want to respect the winners and you got to respect the guy who's just come up with the crown. If he, if, if this mid-range is for real, though, easily can be in that conversation. Thoughts on the Bucks this year? Man, you watched like a couple reps of him shooting that mid-range jumper, the new look form and the, the one dribble free throw. 
How about the wonderful free throw? It's a much shortened routine I've seen. Really? Not 10 seconds? I, I think free throw routines are something we can take from the preseason, right? Like, that yeah, usually carries no doubt, over no at least, doubt. okay? Uh, not everything carries over. Maybe a new free throw routine carries over. But yeah, the new mid-range looks beautiful in terms of the reps we've seen him take. And I think that, once again, it's kind of like I was talking about earlier, and I forget what I was talking about, with Ja and the improvement year-to-year of the shooting and why that, that definitely bodes well for future improvement. Giannis, we've seen it every year. Every single every year, year he's come better. back as a better player and a better shooter. He's come back as both. And I think that, once again, because it's Giannis, who he is, who we've seen him be, I don't think winning a championship changes a thing about his offseason, and it hasn't from the reports we've heard. He's already come back with a reconstructed jumper, a guy that just scored, right? a guy that just had like a 50-burger in the NBA Finals to win the NBA ship just came back and reconstructed his jumper. Like that, Does that not tell you all you need to know about Giannis Antetokounmpo? All right there. I think that... It's funny that Grayson Allen's on the team, by the way, because Wisconsin fans hate him. Now that's, wow. a, that's a whole that's, that's a whole different insane. story, but it's funny that they got him. One one rookie, one rookie I want to talk about the Bucks, who I think could actually play some rotation minutes this year, is Sandro Mamukelishvili. Really good passer. What a name that is! I'm looking at it right now. Seton Hall, Seton Hall alum. Really good passer. You would really like him. Okay. Lefty can hit threes off the pick and pop. Made a made the best pass I saw all week in Vegas. Wow. And he's six ten, six eleven. He had a lefty skip pass, live dribble. Live dribble, lefty skip to the right corner. Ridiculous pass that I saw, like zip by. It was crazy. Uh, He's a phenomenal, phenomenal handler for his size and playmaker for his size. He's not going to be a playmaker on the Bucs, right? But I think he's a guy that'll definitely be in the rotation at some point of the year and help them a lot. So that's kind of an under-the-radar name because everyone else is pretty much back from Milwaukee. Yeah. And do they have that championship confidence, too? I mean, that does a lot for you, man. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton. They're going to get DiVincenzo back. They lost P.J. Tucker, but I, this team is going to be really good. And Bobby signing for way less money. Yeah. Shout out Bobby Portis. That yeah, was a, that was a big-time move. They got George Hill. I didn't really. They got him back? Like, what? I didn't even notice that. But anyway, uh, I got the Bucks finishing first in the East. You? I have them finishing first in the regular season, and we'll All see right. in the playoffs. And so we're going to end it off with Two teams, two teams that I purposely waited to the end to talk about. One, the Golden State Warriors. Oof. They have some expectations. We don't know when Clay's coming back, so he's not supposed to be ready to go from the beginning of the season, which would have changed my my standing on them and where I predicted them to finish. Steph's coming off one of the best seasons of his career. He's going to be right in that best player in the world conversation again. Uh, I predict he'll be healthy. Draymond. At this point, it's reaching to ask him to average 10 points a game, I guess. Uh, I thought that's what he needed to do to help them make the playoffs. I think that he, as great as and so indispensable he is for that team, it really hurts. Sometimes they have to play literally four on five on offense. Even though he makes great reads and Steph, he's the most dangerous when Steph is off the ball, you know, because he can actually make those passes. Still, just just for when Steph has the ball, it's hard for him. A guy that's really caught turned some heads, though, in preseason, Jordan Poole. And then, of course, the second-year maturation of James Wiseman. And maybe just a more serious approach from the Warriors coaching staff this season. Where do you have them placing? And obviously, Clay coming back. Talk about that. So, Steph, what he did last year, I think people kind of forget about all of a sudden. It's been a few months since he did it. He had the best three-week stretch of his career last year. That was last year. So, that's that's like four or five months ago, Mm -hmm. right? A little more than that in the regular season. But he... Looked like the best player in the world last year for a period of regular, time. I'd say the regular season he probably was. For a period of time. Maybe we can argue Jokic, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Wiggins, the vaccine questions, whatever. But Wiggins no, played Wiggins really... No, Wiggins did get vaccinated. He did finally get vaccinated? He cool. did. Wiggins, and I think Wiggins is honestly, 
you know, we obviously had those high expectations for him out of, you know, the Maple Jordan or whatever they were calling him out of that was, LeBron, yeah. out of Kansas. But he's, you know, now we have established he's not a star. He's not going to be a star. He's a role player. He's the one of the best defenders on that team. He had a great defensive season. His decision-making can still be a little questionable. He's a good scorer, not a great scorer. But he's definitely somebody that can take that is going to take pressure off Steph again. And I think that Wiggins is a definite positive to look at for them. But Jordan Poole is a good name to bring up because you talk about guys that can be future stars and you see the whole skill set with him. Uh, decent size, right? They got a good dollar back too. In the gym range. They got a good dollar back. That's nice. That's a nice pickup for sure. But Jordan Poole is going to be a pretty efficient for the shots he takes, high volume scorer in the NBA. Maybe not on this team right now. But he'll be a high volume NBA scorer at some point. He is where he's a lot of uh, a lot of people in my in my chat on Twitter. One of the things they say about Jordan Poole, which I love, is he is where analytics and hoopers, like like those two sides of Twitter, meet because they both love Jordan Poole. He he passes all the the checks in terms of the data, and he is a hooper, like whatever that means. Yeah. But he he is he is a hooper. I mean, I guess, I guess whatever. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I'm I know saying. what you're saying. So. Jordan Poole is an awesome, awesome piece and a guy that off the bench could be like a Tyler Hero for them, right? Like win like yeah. win some games for them well, off the bench if he comes off the bench. I was gonna say without I think Clay, we'll see. Without Clay, it looks they have him starting right now. It says Steph, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. But at full strength when these games matter the yeah, most with Clay back in the equation. Okay, so this Warriors team also. They have a lack of I would say this though, they have a slight lack of depth to me in terms of scoring without Clay. Because if Jordan Poole starts off the bench, who's gonna come in and help you get a bucket? James this, Wiseman, hopefully. Wiseman, hopefully. And, and I like Wiseman still. Otto Porter Jr. is a spot-up guy. He's not a create guy. So they lose Oubre, which I think is actually an upgrade with yeah, Otto Porter Jr. for is. this specific team. Uh, he's a better spot-up guy. I think he's a more willing, I'm a spot-up guy. I'm going to be a spot-up guy and not try to do yeah. more than that. Yeah. And I feel like Kelly Oubre at times bit off Definitely. more than he could chew, Definitely. especially early in the year last year. I think he wanted to prove something uh, after a good year in Washington. But anyway, I digress. Phoenix. Back to uh, in, in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, so moving on. With this team as a whole, they shot 53 threes a game in preseason. That's ridiculous. Which is a lot more than they took last regular season. Now, for this specific team, and we, the Clipper fan base on Twitter, one of the things they always said was they wanted the Clippers taking more threes. And they were the best percentage team in the league. And I think they were like middle to bottom. They were like around in like attempts. 17th, 18th or something in attempts, right? Yeah. But best percentage team. So that probably checked out for that specific Clippers team. That this team the past year, the Clippers, right? Best three point shooting team of all time. You heard it all the time, right? Their personnel wasn't necessarily a bunch of great shooters. Like they had some good shooters, but they took really good ones. Yeah. This Warriors team, I actually support taking fifty threes. I really do. 50, With wow. Clay back. Okay. I actually support this strategy of taking even more threes than they took last year and taking the most threes in the league. The only team D that took more threes in preseason than the Warriors was one team in NBA history. You know who it was? The Mavericks of last year? 2019 Rockets. Okay. Does that check out or what? Okay. Yeah. And how many? And that translator what? Yeah, right? it did. So they're going to take a lot more threes this year. I like it with Clay back because when your personnel suits it, a three is better than most twos. Mm. It is with, with the right personnel. It is. The math is clear. And with this team, I think they should chuck. I mean, I think they, with full strength, they should take tons and tons and tons and tons of threes. And I think it'll pay off for them. Clay needs to come back and be healthy, man. Yeah, like, and they just need their so defense bad. is good. I mean, their defense yeah. is good. It's their offense that was a problem last season. So I got them. It's a tough one to place. Uh, my Clipper bias has me 
still going with the Clippers over them, but I may have to switch that. So you know what? I'm going to switch that for everybody. I got the Warriors finishing sixth. I've seen some people say they're going to be top three. I just don't think without Clay that they're going to be top three personally, but I got them sixth. The Clay timetable means a lot. I'm going to go around like fifth, I think. Yeah, I got the Mavs finishing a little above them right now, but I definitely think the Warriors finish above them too. Um, it's a toss-up, but I got I got the the Mavs above them just for now. Just because I just, I don't know, I think they have a little more outside of their superstar. Last thing on the Warriors, Moses Moody, I think is actually a better player right now than Jonathan Kaminga, for sure, in terms of coming into this year. Uh, a guy at Arkansas that did a lot of different things. Uh, they, they asked him to do a ton of different types of things with the ball in his hands. And I think that he immediately will translate offensively. He also has really good size and length. And so if he taps into those those raw physical tools can be a very plus defender in the NBA guarding multiple different guys on the ball. And so I think he'll be a guy that plays rotation minutes right off the bat for this Warriors team. Kaminga, more of a project, but still a lot to like there. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to talk about him much because I don't think he'll actually play as big of a role as Moody will this year. So the last team, the one team that made the most moves in the offseason, the team that's catching everyone's eye, it's looking Exciting in the Windy City, ladies and gentlemen. The Chicago Bulls. Chicago, two Chicago. UCLA guys, Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine. Two USC guys, DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. And zero Pepperdine guys, but that's okay. And of course, arguably, the biggest fan favorite on the Lakers in the last two seasons, Alex Caruso off the bench and Derek Jones Jr. serviceable role player and dunk contest champion in Chicago. Second year man Patrick Williams and third year man Kobe White will now be coming off the bench. There's so much to talk about with this mm. team. I don't even know where to start except for the fact they got way better. I don't know how this DeRozan fit is going to be just because they got their perimeter score in Zach. Uh, DeRozan's not necessarily an off-ball guy or a spacer. It's going to be really interesting to see what Billy Donovan does. But, I mean, this is going to be fun to watch this team play. This is a, a real project for Billy Donovan to put it all together, but it's a really fun one, too. A really exciting one for Bulls fans to finally have Zach, Zach some, Levine has a supporting cast. Finally some some energy back in, in the United Center and finally some, some hype back in Chicago surrounding these Bulls because my Bulls fans' friends, I have a lot of them, mm -hmm. probably more than any from college are, are Bulls fans. More than Bucks. Uh yeah, yeah, just because of who my like my friend okay. group, not necessarily the school, okay. but my friend group were more Chicago people, and yeah, they uh, they're all really excited, texting about this team, excited for this team. I think there's a couple interesting things to watch. So the Bulls did what? Remember I talked about Desmond Bain and the Grizzlies. The Bulls did that. You replaced Desmond Bain with Patrick Williams. That's basically what the Bulls did in okay. summer league. They just wanted Patrick Williams on the ball, doing everything, and it. It was came with more growing pains than for Desmond Bain. It was a lot more up and down with him it's doing all that. Like a ball handler that I've no, seen. but that's exactly why they did that. Then yeah. the games don't matter. Uh, he's not going to get those reps in the regular season. Where he is going to get reps though is those mid post catches, where I think he can be really effective against certain matchups. Because the thing with this Bulls team now is you have Demar, you have Lonzo, you have to respect, right? Vooch, who we should talk about a little bit too, who is an incredible offensive player. Maybe the best offensive player of that position outside of the main ones you think about. Like outside of, outside of like the Jokic's Jokic and the Embiid's. And he, he's, I'd he's, say he's like right, a little lower than Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, he, he's right there. Great pick and pop guy. Actually better in the post than 90% of the players in the league. Amazing in the post. Uh, both shoulders, which is something you love. He can go over either. Uh, good top of the key three-point shooter. That's really where he takes most of his. What's the what's his flaws? Because I don't know his flaws because I haven't watched him enough. Feet, Defense. feet yeah, aren't, aren't awesome. Not, not the fastest player laterally by any means. Not a bad rim protector at all, but like not a plus one. He's not like obviously like near a Gobert, right? Or like a, 
uh, even near like an AD or anybody like that. Yeah. He's not going to fly above the rim and, and block shots. He's not a great guy when you want to run and gun, obviously, either. He's not like a big that you can just is always up and down the floor or whatever, but he is an awesome half-court offense big, like mm. a great, great half-court offense big. But Pat Will, you have all those guys I mentioned, right? Then who's going to guard Pat Will? Maybe he'll have some mismatches in the mid-post that he can exploit because I think he can with his strength, and he has literally the biggest legs I've ever freaking seen, dude. Really? Like his, his legs are insane. Man. Literally built like a built like a truck. Like it's crazy. Uh, so he's gonna have some size and weight advantages in the mid post that I think he can take advantage of. Lonzo has to hit threes. He did it in New Orleans. Did a better job of it in New Orleans. They're gonna say though they're gonna try to get Lonzo playing back to more of his point guard stuff. We saw Chino in UCLA, which I actually prefer because even though he's gotten better at threes, I think just making him a spot up shooter is just not getting the most out of him. It was a little you know? limiting, yeah. And, yeah, and he's and, a, and he's a good defender, and Lonzo's hungry to make an impact somewhere. And this is a big market team. You know the thing about the Bulls is that's one of those franchises where if you're winning, people are gonna talk about you. It's a great opportunity for him. The yeah, best opportunity huge. of his NBA career for sure right now for Lonzo and I think at a good time for him where yeah. he's kind of put some things together became a better shooter in New Orleans which I think was a big step for him the jumper just looks better mechanically than it used to uh UCLA and whatnot and so that, that's that's a big improvement for him and and I think he'll overall have the best year of his career I really do to me the biggest question is going to be DeRozan and how he fits into all this uh I think it's gonna be interesting to see it um he's usually on a team with Toronto and San Antonio's the best scorer they got so this is the first time where you can say he's the third maybe best scorer they got so it'll be really interesting to see that. Uh, defense will be a question because it's all about team defense. They don't really have much individual defensive personnel. I mean, Pat Williams is good. Lonzo's good. But uh, Vooch, Zach, and DeRozan are question marks. So it'll be really interesting to see how it comes together. I have them finishing eighth just because they just they could finish higher than that. I just didn't know. It's just it's a new team. So I just put them eighth. Uh, but I think they could finish as high as four or five. So Zach Levine, I'm going to close with this. I think he is a superstar in the NBA. And I think he'll be a superstar this year. I think he was last year. People just didn't really respect it. He was an all-star, though, last year, wasn't he? He was, but I think he was, like, superstar level last year for a lot of the year. And that's a, that's a word you don't throw around much in the NBA, and I'm not using it lightly. Uh, he is a ridiculous, ridiculous shooter now. Yeah, like, he, he, he just He's also a gym rat. Like, he's a guy that never leaves the gym, and it's obvious. When you watch what he was at UCLA, you go back and watch some of those games, and you watch him now, it's pretty obvious that he never left the gym. And he had all the raw tools in the world that you love, right? The jump out of the gym vertical, uh, the lateral quickness, the change of direction, the shiftiness. He's got long arms too. Uh, long arms, good size for his position. And he finally paired it with one of the better jumpers in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, like not just no a doubt. good, like one of the better jumpers in the NBA. So, and so I can't wait to watch him be a superstar because he is going to be that. Uh, they haven't made the playoffs since 2017. What's your prediction for them? They'll be in the playoffs and not in the plan. I think they'll be. Top six. I think they'll be in the top six. Wow, you got them finishing higher than Boston. Oh, I think maybe a, a nudge over Boston. Wow. Okay. So at last, just tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, it's been a good episode, longer than I expected, but I probably it was pretty unrealistic to think it was going to be uh, that much shorter because we did talk about a lot of teams. Uh, to let everybody know where they can find you, though. Yeah, at aow underscore thirty three on Twitter, uh, writing with the NBA wires at USA Today, and. All the Badger stuff, Wisconsin stuff uh, at BadgersWire.com. We got Sam Decker back in the NBA now, do you? So, I mean, I got more stuff to talk about, right? There you go. We Frank, got Decker back. Frank the, Frank Tank, the Tank's back. Decker's back. We got, we got two Badgers in the NBA now. So, everybody, thanks for joining me. Let me know what you think. Did you think we were asleep on some predictions? Do you think that we were spot on? Throw me all your comments down below. Make sure to subscribe to Dime Dropper Podcast and follow us on all platforms. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Dime Dropper Pod. And hope you like this one and the bottom of the barrel in our predictions for the awards video. Peace. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Tuesday after Lakers and Warriors.